Welcome to The Living Room, a cozy place of candid conversation. We're a group of women in various ages and stages of life. Join us for thoughtful discussion with a side of humor. We chat about everything from parenting issues to life balance, what matters most, and how to make it happen in everyday life. Settle in just to listen or feel free to add your comments online at www.fromthelivingroom.com. And now, your hosts for today's show. Hello and welcome everyone to our show today and thanks for tuning in. Today we're chatting about choosing to be amused and how laughter is very often a choice. And my name is Kate, as you know, because you listen all the time to us and love us. And I'm the host and then um, Jana is our co-host today and I am joined by Michelle, Christy and Heather. And Jody is joining us remotely from Paris, wait for it, Idaho. <laughs> in a field where a farmer in is a now... Field. Plowing and what do you do with Disaster hay? to please Rolling leave hay. so that he can <laughs> bail. Bailing plow hay. the field. Jo- Jody, right, you can give us to a the shout alfalfa. Out. Yes. She's in the alfalfa. So we're grateful yes. that she's here. So we are talking about... Oh, and Connie. Time. Oh, and Connie. Sorry. Connie is out. She is teaching at BYU Education Week, which is Brigham Young University Continuing Education. And we wish her the best. And we'll be excited that she gets to join us next time. And so we're talking about those times that could have derailed us, could have made us cry, could have made us be so anything. And instead, we just burst out laughing the times that we chose to be amused. For example, the time that we, my husband and I were living in my parents' basement, they have an apartment down there. And I had just had a baby. And we were going to church and we went to the same church as my parents. And so my mom, as a favor to me, took the baby first to church. This is my brand new baby, my brand new offspring. And she brings him to church and sits down and a lady, an older lady taps her on the shoulder behind her. And she goes, excuse me, but that baby looks just like an old man. (laughs) And my mom did not skip a beat and goes, uh, what would you like me to do about that, Joyce? I laughed, so I was not offended because A, she was absolutely right. He looked exactly like an old man. <laughs> and B, it was just funny, so there was no reason for me to be offended. It was absolutely hilarious, and I loved how my mom responded to that. So anyway, so we're talking about stories like that, and we're just going to start out with some fun stories of times we have chosen to be amused, and Jana has one for us. Okay, so I we've established in previous shows that I'm a little bit of a food snob, so I take a bit of pride about what happens in the kitchen that's really a big deal to me that we have great dinners every night and uh the thing that really there was this one night that really brought this um idea to mind for me my husband came home a little bit late i had been distracted and i didn't have dinner ready to go but then he had to be out the dinner fast out the door fast so we had to eat really quickly and what i had planned to make wasn't going to work anymore and all of a sudden i'm like okay so i'm pulling things out of the fridge and the freezer just putting together this last minute dinner and i've got like okay we've got popcorn chicken here and we've got these these uh, sweet potato puffs here and we've got this you know i'm pulling things together well it turns out that this popcorn chicken was not crispy. It was disgusting and really, <laughs> truly inedible with the sickest texture. And then the sauce was like this mystery barbecue sauce that he wanted an event. We'd never eaten it before. And then the sweet potato puffs had freezer burn. It was the worst meal I have ever made in my entire life, bar none. It was disgusting. And I was so mad. And finally, I just, 
people are taking these polite bites, right? Finally, I just push my plate away with this big sigh, and Jeff just looks at me and just starts cracking up. <laughs> and he is laughing. He's like, Thank you. Right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He's like, finally, someone acknowledges this is completely inedible. And so we're all just cracking up, and then we're laughing about, oh, and that sauce, ew, and the freezer burn, ew, and this chicken. I don't even know what that texture is. Right? <laughs> and we're just cracking each other. Well, we laughed. For the work, for the rest of the night, and we're like, oh yeah, it's like that one time when we had breakfast at Excalibur, and I couldn't even take one bite of the waffle. You know, we're like all the times we hated food, and all the times, you know, and it's turned into all the tension of that evening kind of faded away, and suddenly we were enjoying each other, we were having a good time, and the laughter fixed everything. And I saw this wonderful video by Sophie Scott as a TED Talk called Why We Laugh, and she talks about how laughter helps us bond, laughter fixes tense situations, and laughter is something that we need as human beings to connect. And so um, that's where this is going. And I think Heather has a really funny story that she wanted to share with us. Oh, I know for me, there's a million of these that come to mind. Uh, I joke that anytime I've ever taken our children into a public restroom, if I don't just laugh about it, it's I'll die because it's <laughs> so bad from touching everything to commenting yeah. on everything to saying things they shouldn't. But I will never forget one time I walked our daughter into a public restroom and it was a clean public restroom in a fairly nice place. So it wasn't, you know, like a porta potty. We were okay in there. And we hadn't stepped three steps in there. And all of a sudden, as loud as she could, she says, Oh my gosh, who made it stink so bad in here? And <laughs> there's there's stalls closed, so we're not alone. And I am just mortified. I'm just thinking, I cannot believe she's just said this and yelled this. So we get into the stall and we close the door and she says it again. And before I know it, the lady next to us says, I'm really sorry. It's me. I had Mexican for lunch. <laughs> I love this. And I That's burst out laughing. So I could not control it. And our daughter started laughing. And the lady started, I mean, I, oh, the awesome. lady's on the other side of this stall. And all of us are just laughing. <laughs> this lady's fessed up. Our daughter thinks it's hilarious. And I just thought, you know, this could have gone really bad. Here I'm hiding in this stall with our daughter. I'm trying to give her the shush, like be quiet without anyone hearing me yeah. shush her. Like yeah. the, you know, <laughs> That's no, stop, yeah. That's not nice. And here this lady stepped up and reminded us really that laughter is the best medicine. And we laughed, we laughed about it. We still laugh about it because it was pretty funny. Oh, I love that. It reminds me of a quote by Hugh City. I think it's Sidey. And it reads, a sense of humor is needed armor. Joy in one's heart and some laughter on one's lips is a sign that the person down deep has a pretty good grasp of life. And I love that because I thought that woman probably had a pretty good grasp of life. That yes. she laughed at that. Good for her. Yes. Kate, you know who does not have a pretty good grasp of life? <laughs> It's me. It's me. Because I don't choose to be amused very often. It's seriously really hard for me to choose to be amused in these situations. That's okay. I love that you're that's being okay. honest we'll about you, it. Christine. Because, yeah. Thank you. That's okay. Please yeah. laugh at me. Because so, Jody, do you, so intense. Jody, do you have an experience in, in Paris, Idaho that has helped you choose to be amused that has come to your mind of something that you've experienced? Oh, my heavens. I, I am the person that amuses... Um, my family and uh, and I have a number of things I've done but what I'm learning to do is also when it's you know when you're thinking about your image and how it looks and you don't want to think that you have an image but in that moment that you're you know you've got friends over and you want them to think you're a really good parents and so forth um, my cute little 10 year old has just come into this sarcasm that is just really 
sometimes unbearable and sometimes really intelligent to where I'm like, wow, where, uh, let's test your IQ because this is great sarcasm, but it's just not needed right here. But just the other day, for an example, so she's in um, the, I've got a, a lady that stopped by and I, she was just kind of throwing, you know, a little fit. And all of a sudden I said, oh, Zoe, you have really got to get a handle on your temper. And she walks over to this big cabinet where we have the dishes and so forth, puts her hand on a handle and says, you mean like this? Get a handle on it, Mom. And uh, she's just smiling at me, you know, with her with her glaring, you know, I, I is this what you're meaning? And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, okay. And then I have to laugh because it's so literal. Those are the kind of things this child takes literally. If I tell her, um, you know, to go get a handle on it, she's going to go grab a handle. And it's kind of it's thrown me for a loop. Um, and so I've had to learn to laugh and just go, this, this child's clever because it will come out in, you know, in public or in family gatherings. And, and, I, and I have started to think, oh, my gosh, I'm a terrible parent because I can't get her to do the things that I need her to do. Um, and, and she'll come around. But, boy, I, I, she's got a quick wit. And so I'm learning, learning to have the sense of humor, you know, that, that just kind of says, hey, this, is, this kid's really bright. <laughs> I need to nice. channel it that in a different great. direction. That's perfect. Thanks, Jody. What about you, Michelle? Well, and I have a son that's a Christie. No, no oh. offense, Christy, I love you. Uh, that is, but is very, very, very serious, and he he's happy, and he can, and he can be happy. But sometimes we have to remind him, and so part of that is, I think it's just like we were talking about another show about how guilt is a choice. I think choosing to be amused—that's the choice, right? Yeah. And so sometimes yeah. I, I I see myself trying to train him to be funny because I'm always the first one to try to make a joke, and we have been talking to him about rolling with things like some things go wrong or if you can't, can't quite get something right, it's okay. We roll with it. And so you'll see him, him applying this. And, you know, my five-year-old is getting it too. And so we were outside and it was raining and we were with some friends and the little friend, one of our little friends who was four started to cry. And, and, and Macy said to her, it's okay, Abby. I don't like the rain either, but we're just going to roll with it. And <laughs> it's very cute. And my son who's trying to get it. And so he'll try to come up with jokes. He likes that. He would love that handle joke, Jody, but, um, <laughs> He one time I broke some makeup and I was like, oh, sad. And he said, what's wrong? And I said, oh, well, my makeup broke. And he's like, and he said, well, is that a problem? And I said, oh, it's fine. I can probably replace it. It's just a bummer. And he said, you're a hardworking woman. Roll with it. And I thought, I'm glad that he's kind of getting it and that he's, and he's bringing it in. But I also think we can help each other. Like we can help, we can help in those instances where we can say something funny and try to try to lighten the mood and try to help everyone feel like, and I know that there are some times where that's not appropriate, but generally speaking, I think that a lot of things in life can be handled better if we just choose to be amused, like you said, and, and find some of those funny things, just lighten it up, laugh at our bad food and whatever we got to do. I love that. Go ahead, Christy. You know, Michelle, because I struggle so much with this, I had read a book about shame and about how damaging shame is for children. And I realized that my inability to roll with it was shaming my children. Mm. So oh. what we did, I, I mean, like they would spill something. And instead of me being like, ah, spilled milk, what are you going to do? It's Ooh. really... Again, you're going to do this again. I, I have an awesome like, sense of humor. I still do that at times. At dinner. Dinner. Okay. Or, you know, and just all of these little things. And um, so what we did is we went to a local thrift store and got a trophy 
And we call it the Josh Barlow Trophy of Shame. <laughs> and we call it the Josh Barlow Trophy of Shame because it says Josh Barlow, which apparently he won this award. For. Oh, just some random guy. Yeah, some random guy. But we got it at the thrift store, and it says Josh Barlow. And he, he was a great piano player and so good that his mom gave his award to the DI, yeah. and, which is the thrift store. Anyway, so we took it home, and now whenever somebody <laughs> spills or something... In order to choose to be amused, I get out the Josh Barlow trophy, <laughs> oh my and that person has this. to hold the Josh Barlow trophy of shame, and it tends to lighten things, which I need, and it tends to make them feel not shamed, which hopefully that will lessen their therapy bills in the future. <laughs> that is awesome. I love that. So for our quote of the day, of the day that you can download on our website, um, I love this by Frank A. Clark. It happens... Um, happens to be one of my favorite quotes, but it says, I think the next best thing to solving a problem is finding some humor in it. So I love that it talks about solving a problem because Michelle yes. talked about this and I truly am one of those people. I think humor could solve a ton of problems if we would all just relax. And I love that I said I have a great sense of humor and I'm obviously very humble as well. But no, but I was <laughs> raised, what I mean by that is I was raised in a home where my mother had a great sense of humor and our family had this great sense of humor. And um, I obviously at times when my kids spill that sense of humor does not come out but when it does that it solves a lot of problems if we would just choose to be amused so now we what we would like to know is is there someone who you admire like my mother who you know who consistently chooses to be amused and most importantly what you took away what you learned from these people and their experiences how laughter how humor solved some of these issues go ahead Jenna yeah I have a friend who's a flight attendant from United and she tells this most awesome story one of her flight attendant co-workers uh was confronted by this very, very angry passenger, and she was just walking down the aisle collecting cups or whatever, and he stops her and says, ma'am, she says, yes, sir, he says, this, these potatoes are bad, and he scoops up the mashed oh, potatoes no. from the tray and places them in her hand. Oh. Right? Oh, and just, you know, that brief incident, oh my goodness, how do I deal with this situation, right? And so she goes like this. She holds up her finger like she's scolding the potatoes, right? And she says, no, no, bad <laughs> potatoes, bad, very bad. And she puts them back on his tray. And she says, I'm sure they won't be bothering you again, sir. Oh, my God. <laughs> so wow. awesome in the moment, right? Well, this passenger actually contacted United and told them how wonderful she was and how great she had handled wow. this situation with humor. And she was commended for it. So fantastic oh, story. That is a wonderful yeah. story. Yeah. So I think of a lady in my mom's neighborhood when we first moved to this neighborhood. And here's this woman that moves in and has 10 children, and which already, boom, 10 children. Right. You know, humor in and of itself. <laughs> but um, she moves in and she's trying to get my brothers to bed, the teenagers downstairs. You guys have heard me tell the story, but she's yelling at them and go to bed. And she has the wooden spoon for reinforcement. And I think it's the fly swatter. We used to get spanked with the fly swatter at times. But so she's, you know, yielding this fly swatter at them. And somebody upstairs, one of us had opened the door and there's two men from our neighborhood brand new to the neighborhood coming to welcome us to the neighborhood and my mom didn't know somebody had opened the door and so she's screaming down there yelling wielding this weapon 
and she comes up and one of the men, you know, they're scared to death of this new woman, but they're like, hi, welcome to the neighborhood. And she thrusts it right in his chest, this weapon. And she's like, you go home and you tell your, you go home and you tell your wives what you witnessed here tonight and be better to them or something. And, and she doesn't introduce herself. She just threatens them. Like you go home and tell your wives what you saw here tonight and be better or something. They're like, okay, see you later. And walk out the door. But the part that I love the best about this story is a few minutes later, after they left, I'm sure my mom felt dumb. I'm sure she realized that wasn't the best way to handle it. But this lady called, and it was the wife of the, the man that she had accosted. But anyway, <laughs> it was the wife, and she was laughing, sorry, and she said, introduced herself, and then she said, I know that you and I are just going to become best friends. She said, I just love what you did. And I just thought, what an awesome lady that instead of spreading around the neighborhood, there's this crazy new lady in the neighborhood, which there was, let's be honest. <laughs> but, you know, she is like, I just love you. I can tell we're going to be great friends. And they did. They became great friends. But I, what an example of how choosing to be amused ended up making a friendship so instead wonderful. of ruining somebody's reputation that has just moved into a neighborhood. So what about somebody else? Jody, do you have one? Yes, I'd love to share something that um, my cousin just shared with me just a few weeks ago. We were kind of doing the, oh, you know, life gets a little heavy sometimes. And um, we were actually up in Park City, and she was with her extended family. And she has a mother-in-law that has seven kids. And I've just always admired the relationship that my cousin Becky has with her mother-in-law and uh, the way that she talks about it. And I guess Becky had kind of done a faux pas. She's a teacher at an elementary school and um, had kind of done something that uh, she was just sharing with her mother-in-law. Oh, my gosh, I, I, you know, didn't handle this appropriately. And um, she said, my mother-in-law kind of pulled me into her. And she said, now, Becky, you put on your bright red lipstick and you put on your sunglasses and you march in there the next day like nothing has happened and that you've got everything covered because it is all going to be okay. And Becky's kind of acting this out as she's telling me this, and I'm just thinking, this is just, this is fabulous because in those moments where we've messed up or in the moments where, um, you know, your, your skirt's tucked up in your pantyhose, which you don't wear pantyhose pretty much anymore, but, you know, we've all had moments <laughs> where you're just like, okay, I've been caught. And actually that did happen to me a couple weeks ago. I had two layers of skirt on and I tucked the skirt into my unders. And the lady kindly as I was exiting said, I think you'll want to fix that. So that does still happen. But anyhow, <laughs> Becky just was communicating that her mother-in-law kind of did the me too. I've been there, but let me tell you how to handle it. And it gave her the courage and the strength to just go, you know what? I can't go back and fix it. I can't change it, but I've got to just go through it. And uh, so I could just picture, not that my cousin wears bright red lipstick and, and really heavy sunglasses, but it's that, you know, get back on the horse and, and go ride and don't be afraid. I, I We've all biffed it. And, uh, you know, I guess we have to just say me too. I've been there, done that and be there for someone else when they have so that you can pick them back up. And uh, that's just, that does it for me. I want to hear other people's uh, you know, moments of, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just did that. Or my kids just did that. And then feel like, okay, but it's okay because we all do it. I love that you said that because who does not love to be around somebody that chooses to be amused all the time? Mm -hmm. I love those yes. people. You feel so comfortable around people like that because you know there's nothing you couldn't do or say that you couldn't do or say around this person. And that's... Um, that is how I felt like with, with my mom too, you know, we, we knew we could laugh. We knew she'd be like, Oh, whatever, you're fine. It's no big deal. And it reminds me because of that, I'm so grateful that I was raised that way because 
hopefully I'm that way to my kids, but it reminds me of my little boy who we, it sounds like we all kind of have this child in our house that, <laughs> that bless their hearts, just has a hard time choosing to be amused and is so serious. And I always wonder why in the world he's in my family. I'm so grateful he is, but I just worry I'm ruining him because <laughs> I am such a humor based person and he is so serious. And so sometimes we butt heads quite a bit, but but he, I was shocked and he came home from school and this is when he was in first grade. He's eight now. And this is my, just my sweet little serious boy that would never hurt anybody. And he had gotten, I finally got it out of him, but he had gotten sent to the principal's office. And I was shocked. I'm like, what could he possibly have done to get sent to the principal's office? Well, it turns out that he had saw, seen that um, Diary of a Wimpy Kid and the little boy flips mashed potatoes across the room mm -hmm. or something. And this is my son, who's like Einstein, who isn't thinking about hitting someone else, but is like, how does this work and the inertia of all of this and how would it go? And, you know, so he's sitting there and his little six-year-old mind and he scoops up these mashed potatoes and flips while it flies across the room hits a sixth grader in the back of the head head and the kid stand up and says you're dead meat and this poor little boy you know just cowers on the, and he's like I'm so sorry I'm so sorry well then it's magnified because then the person the teacher in the room says you need to go to the principal's office and my little boy's dying and so he is dying getting the story out and I find out that he was in the principal's office for 45 minutes and I'm just sitting there going oh my head heavens are you kidding me like couldn't they just like you know diffuse the situation and know this little boy isn't a, boy, a bad kid and anyway so he told me and when he finished I mean tears are in his eyes and he's wondering what I'm going to say and I put my hands up to my mouth and I just went <clears throat> and just started laughing so hard as a joke and he just looked at me and his eyes got huge and I just started laughing I said did you hit him it really got the little boy and we both just started laughing and I did it on purpose because I just thought this little boy needs to know that he's okay. This is not a huge deal. He's not the kid that goes to the principal's office, so I'm not going to treat him like the kid that goes to the principal's office. Right. But that right. single moment, he still brings up, remember when that happened? I laughed. He's never gone again. But it was so imperative that I laughed with him in that moment instead of scolded him or even said, hey, next time he knows not to do that again. He's never going to do sure. it again. So it wasn't necessary. It was necessary to laugh in that moment. That's but, beautiful. So what about a time when life really could have derailed you, but you looked at the situation through humor and it made all the difference. Does have, someone have an experience like that? I have a couple. Okay, go ahead, Jenna. Yes. Okay. So we were newlyweds. We moved to Los Angeles. We landed in Los Angeles homeless and jobless. They had sold our apartment building out from under our feet when we got there. We literally had nothing. So we finally get into our first apartment and uh, we go out to the car and we realize that someone has broken into our oh, car and stolen our wallet. We're going to have to go through all that, you know, the rigmarole about the new lies. It's going to cost extra. We have no money, right? We're dying. And suddenly we look at each other and we're like, yes, welcome to Los Angeles. We have arrived. And so we went we're back. Here. Yeah, we went back in the apartment. We broke out these champagne glasses and the Martinelli's. We got these party poppers and we threw ourselves this welcome to LA party. Yes. And it was, it was, it really helped to say, yeah, we're Los Angelinos. We're here. We've arrived instead of letting it mugged. just kind of yeah, drag us down. Yeah, we've been mugged. We're here. Yeah, right. We've been mugged. We're here. Exactly. Yeah. We've been hit. And, um. Uh, and the other one that I think really is the best example of all is my darling father-in-law. I was diagnosed, I want to say, almost 20 years ago with MS. Mm. And he it was a devastating diagnosis for him. He had to retire early as chief surgeon of the hospital. And um, 
because he'd lost sensitivity in his fingertips. Mm -hmm. And it was, I mean, truly a devastating diagnosis for him. But he had done, because he was a doctor, he had done some research on laughter therapy. Mm. And he went and rented and even purchased like all the funniest videos he could find. And he would just sit in the basement and watch these videos and laugh to help him overcome this really devastating hardship. And to this day, he is still coping magnificently with his mm. illness. He's astonishing to me. He never complains. And I really do think that he's allowed the laughter to heal him. It's yeah. amazing. Just amazing. I love that. That is awesome. Does anybody else have an experience you want to add? Go ahead, Christy. Oh, I just want to say that I probably was the bane of my mother's existence. Like, I, you all have children that are the bane of your existence. But, and that I probably need to be mothered by all of you and by my mother. But I just want to give a shout out to my mom who really sees the vicissitudes of her life as humor and she uses them in a humorous way and she can keep you in stitches for hours with the stories of her life and that was all I wanted to say really <laughs> I <laughs> love great. that that's so good well and I think part of that is like you know they talk about old cultures that used to pass everything down through storytelling mm -hmm. and I think that that's also some great things to do is just tell old stories you know I, have, I had a grandfather that was a lot like uh, your father-in-law and he was, he was big into puns and, you know, he was an artist and he taught art history at Brigham Young University for years. And um, when he became blind, it was one of the saddest mm. things ever. Someone who truly appreciated their sight mm -hmm. um, was lost with it. Someone who truly knew how to use their fingers mm -hmm. that was mm -hmm. taken away. But, you know, instead of it turning into something else, he would always make jokes about things he couldn't see and, um, you know, if you ever came in and you were sad, he was like, Oh, you look beautiful today. He's like, mm. I can see you. I can see that you look beautiful. And then he would tell, he would just tell these jokes and he had the craziest puns. And then you would tell them over and over again. But I also think that we can show that pattern to our family and to our kids mm -hmm. to say, Hey, listen, mm -hmm. you know, this is what happened to grandpa and he did it. And it's not just you saying, come on, just, just, it's okay. Just lighten up or whatever. And so we have to just kind of pass some of those stories down and, and help everyone know that that's all part of this. This life is to just say, you know what, those things are going to happen. You know, I have been that person that's been on the stage that is hoping everyone else trips and falls be, so that I can look better. And you, know, you have that instant. And then you trip and fall. Like, right. I, I've done yes, that. I have course. tripped and fall. And then I get to make that joke from Miss Congeniality, like how we're all hoping that somebody will trip on their Barbie heels. And I'm like, oh, wait, I've done that. And then if you can do that, you can you can love yourself a little bit more and you can give yourself just a little bit of space to say, you know what, life I'm, I'm a dummy and I have things like that happen all the time. And if I can just make it laugh and make other people feel light about it, then I think it makes it a lot better. Well, I love, um, there is right now in America's Got Talent, a show that's on TV right now, there is a boy that's in, I think the top 15, I don't know if you guys watch it, but he's a comedian, but he stutters. He had a baseball accident mm -hmm. where he got hit in the head with a baseball, this darling boy. And he stutters, not a little bit, like his whole speech a ton mm. but he's a comedian and the whole time he's up there and it's hilarious because he's laughing at his own jokes and it's not like <laughs> oh he's funny because we feel bad for the kid that stutters I mean he's funny okay. but his stuttering makes that he incorporates his stutter into everything and it was so interesting watching this because we all were in awe and we're laughing but you see the audience and people have tears in their eyes the judges and the judges get done and he was like you know, of the one thing that you should not be doing, the world would tell you not to do because you will look yeah. like a fool. You will be embarrassed. Anything your insides tell you, do not do this. He goes, 
you went out and did it. Like you did the one thing you're doing stand up comedy and you stutter, you know, and he, the kid just started laughing. But I thought that is what this all encompasses that choosing to be amused because this kid has completely chosen to be amused over this horrible thing that he could be sitting depressed in his apartment every day and he would have every right to be. But instead he's out there in front of everyone choosing to be amused. Not only is he making us laugh, but he's also making a point that laughter and choosing laughter with this disability has become an incredible choice and incredible um, example to all of us. I just wanted to say for those of us who struggle with this, I'm so thankful that I have you guys and that I have friends. So if you have a hard time being <laughs> amused at yourself, I know I actually went onto stage um, this just recently, a few weeks ago, um, and my bottoms totally fell off my whole <laughs> skirt. And all I had were ruffle bum pantaloons and it was in the play Mary Poppins and I just it was doing the choreography and it just slipped right off and there I was and uh, I thought <laughs> I, I don't think anybody saw that and then I came off stage and the director came backstage and said wow what a show for everybody that was great <laughs> anyway I knew that I was going to cry which I did but I thought I can sit here and really get upset about this or I can text my friends and they and we all made fun and we all made fun they did so i yes. texted the living room girls and i said just so you all know i just went on stage and showed my bum to everybody and i couldn't choose to be amused i was actually crying but they lightened my spirit when they chose to be amused for me. Nice. <laughs> well, and I think that's great because I think that, you know, I think often we say, okay, well, Kate's funny and I'm not, you know, it's right. easy to go, okay, right. well, here's Which this list of true. people. But, but, you know, you, you can kind of stack rank yourself in terms of, mm -hmm. well, I'm not as funny as somebody else. But I also love that I just got some great ideas. Like I need to rent some funny movies. And I, and I, like, I bought my son some joke books. My son who takes things like too seriously, <laughs> I bought him some joke books. And so now he's like kind of getting into that. But there are things that we can do. And I have a friend named Karen Eddington and she calls herself the mom comedian. And so she knew she wanted to be funnier. And so she went and did improv. And wow. so she's really pushing herself and she started to deconstruct what jokes were. And so I think that, and you know, and it's fine to be content with who you are too. I'm not saying you have to push yourself outside, but I also think that I'm thinking to myself, gosh, you know, I can be funnier and I can still choose to be more lighthearted about certain circumstances and, and lighten other people if I can. And I just, I'm excited. I don't know. Oh, well, and it's funny that Christy says, I'm not afraid. She keeps saying that. I'm like, except it's people like you that say some of the funniest I comments. The I dry, it's my husband, the most dry sense of humor that you love because they are hilarious. And so everyone's funny. Everyone's I can laugh you. later, just not in the moment. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. No. You're just laughing. No, my husband hey, is hilarious. I'm going to jump in and just give one little quick yes, quote please. that I saw on um, a florist sign just passing the other day. And it just, it's so perfect and so simple because sometimes we want to get to laughter, but we're not there yet. But this is just one line. Laughter is a smile that bursts. And if you even try it, if you just make a little smile and then make it bigger and bigger, I, I, I can't help but now just going, okay, here it comes. And so on the, in the moments, and I've had to do this in the last um, couple of weeks especially because I've been down in the dumps, just letting that smile creep in. And then just going, okay, it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And uh, I know it sounds kind of kind of corny, but um, it's true. Laughter is a smile that bursts. And if you just start out with that smile, you'll get to laughter. Um, it's it's inevitable, you know. I it is. And we help each other. And heavens, Christy, come over to my house and see some of my faux pas. I 
I ran smack, like really going at 10 miles an hour outside my driveway into my garbage cans for like the fifth time as my neighbor watches me because I'm in a hurry. And she's like, do you just really want to put your garbage cans a little further over? <laughs> You're like, no, you because then who would into laugh? Them. And so I'm just like, I am just here for the show. So come over to my house and see me do some of my faux pas. But love you all and love the laughter that you bring to my life. Thank you, Jody. And on that note, that's our that's our chat for today. And we hope that you'll take away from this show that you can choose to be amused, that we all can. And in that, you can help someone else choose to be amused. And you can find our segment and others on fromtheirlivingroom.com as well as iTunes. And in the meantime, be sure to give yourself, your family, and a little laughter some living room today. As part of this funny conversation that we have here on The Living Room, I am excited to share with you Kate Lee's book, Half Fast Memoirs. Kate, tell us a little bit more about how this started and um, what people can expect when they read this book. So hopefully you can expect to laugh when you read this book because that was my main thing. It's about growing up in a family of 12 with a lot of fanatical, crazy people and a mother that was crazy and fun and um, who went on strike for a whole week and wanted to sacrifice lamb in our backyard for Easter and thank goodness we didn't and fed us cookie dough and chocolate cake for breakfast and all things fun and and then some of my own bad decisions are put in there as well like running a marathon and having a baby naturally and it's just fun it's all meant to just make people laugh. Well, thanks so much. I love everything that you bring to the living room and excited for our listeners to dive in to learn more about you. So if you'd like to find Half Fast Memoirs, you can go to her site at momentsofchunder.blogspot.com or it's also available on Amazon. Again, you're looking for Half Fast Memoirs. Thanks for coming to the living room. We hope you've enjoyed listening, laughing, and learning something new. Join us for our next show, and in the meantime, give yourself and those you love some living room.